So here we are again, episode nine. Well, ladies and gentlemen, we have reached the point where it all started, haven't we? It's your scene. When did you start this, Shahari? Because it was coming up. 2005, right? It was when I did that sabbatical with you in San Francisco in the Mission District. You know, that was a, a really wonderful time. You had the little cottage out back. I know. I loved that cottage. And you taught in that room in the basement. I mean, I forget all the things we worked on, but I remember one of them was Falstaff. But the mouse monologue was the main one. I remember, I think you told me the, that Harold Bloom was, one, was of the opinion that this 100 lines represents the pinnacle of what is possible in human literature. That's right. And he also said, maybe we talked about this already, but his advice was to just read it. Tell everybody, just read it, because basically, King Lear, everything about it, defeats all actors and directors. <laughs> and yet here we are. Here we are. Despite Harold Bloom, despite that dire warning, you, Shahari Hollands, are going to take the deep dive into the text. You are, right? Oh, maybe. I am. Kind of, I guess. Listen, buddy, you are going to take the time <laughs> at the deep end. We've been waiting for this all week, everyone. I mean, YouTube and Apple Podcasts are just lighting up all around the world. They're so excited. All our listeners. That's right. There. That's right. Where are we at now? Eight, maybe. I've listened, listened in total since last October. That's right. All eight of our listeners are out there waiting right now. Probably. So dive in. Uh, it's easy to you, you to say. I mean, I might have a heart attack. Oh, come on. This is not a polar bear swim. You can do it. You've been doing it for 17 years. It's just the mouse monologue, Sahari. My wife hates mice. Oh, don't change the subject. No, she really, yeah. she really hates yeah. them. I mean, okay, you, that's we've got we've got mice in our house now. Yeah. And the day we first found out, they were. Is it a beggar man? Madman and beggar too. He has some reason, else he could not beg. I the last night's storm, I saw such a fellow, which made me think a man a worm. My son came then into my mind, and yet my mind was then scarce friends with him. I've heard more since, as flies to wanton boys are we to the gods. They kill us, their sport. How should this be? Bad is the trade that must play fool to sorrow, angering itself and others. Bless thee, master. Is that fellow naked? Aye, my lord. Then, prithee, get thee gone, if for my sake thou wilt o'ertake us. Hence a mile or twain, I, the way toward Dover, do it for ancient love, and bring some covering for this 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 naked soul here, who I'll, I'll entreat to lead me. Alack, sir, he is mad. Tis the times, plague, when madmen lead the blind. Hmm. Do as I bid thee, or rather, do thy pleasure. Above the rest... Be gone. I'll bring him the best peril that I have. Come on to what will. And he Sirrah. leaves. Sirrah, naked fellow, 
Poor Tom's a cold. I cannot do but further. Come hither, fellow. And yet I must. Bless thy sweet eyes, they bleed. Knowst thou the way to Dover? Both stile and gate, horseway and footpath, poor Tom hath been scared out of his good wits. Bless thee, good man's son, from the foul fiend. Five friends have been in poor Tom at once, of lust, of obedicate. Hobbididence, Prince of Dumbness, Mahu and Stealing, Motto of Murder, Flibbery Gibbet, of Mopping and Mowing, who since possesses chambermaids and waiting women. So bless thee, master. Here, take this purse, thou whom the heaven's plagues have humbled to all strokes, that I am wretched makes thee the happier. Heavens deal so still. Let the superfluous and lust-dieted man that slaves your ordinance that will not see, because he doth not feel, feel your power quickly. So distribution should undo excess, and each man have enough. Dost thou know Dover? Aye, master. Oh, there's a cliff whose high and bending head looks fearfully in the confined deep. Bring me but to the very brim of it, and I'll repair the misery thou dost bear with something rich from about me. From that place, I shall no leading need. Give me thy arm. Poor Tom shall lead thee. I and get to the bedlam to lead him where he would. His roguish madness allows itself to anything. So the two of them are now out there mm-hmm. walking along this path. And Gloucester, he thinks he's climbing to that cliff on Dover that he was talking about. But they're just walking along the flat. And Gloucester's intent is actually, he wants to jump off that cliff to his death. But Edgar, he has something else in mind. When when should we come to the top of that same hill? You do climb it up now. Look how we labor. Uh, Methinks the ground is even. Horrible steep. Hark, do you hear the sea? No, truly. Why, then your other senses grow imperfect by your eyes' anguish. So may it be, indeed. Methinks thy voice is altered, and thou speakest in better phrase and matter than thou didst. Oh, you're much deceived. In nothing am I changed but in my garments. Methinks you're better spoken. Oh, come on, sir. Here's the place. Stand still. How fearful and dizzy tis to cast one's eye so low. The crows and shafts that wing the midway air. So scarce so gross as beetles. Halfway down hangs one that gathers samphire, dreadful trade. Methinks he seems so bigger than his head. The fishermen that walk upon the beach appeared like mice, and yon tall anchoring bark diminished to her cock, her cock, a boy almost too small for sight, the murmuring surge that on the unnumbered idle pepper safes cannot be heard so high. I look no more. Does my brain turn in the deficient sight? What? With the case of eyes? Stand. Give me your hand. 
You are now within a foot of the extreme verge. For all beneath the moon would I not leap upright. I let go my hand. Here, friends, another purse. In it, a jewel. Well worth a man's take. See how yon justice rails upon yon simple thief. Hark in thine ear. Change places. Handy dandy, which is the justice? Which is the thief? And thou hast seen how the farmer's dog barks at a beggar. I see. And the creature runs from the curb. Well, there, there thou must behold that great image of authority. A dog obeyed in office. But thou rascal beetle, hold thy bloody hand. Why dost thou lash that whore, strip thine own back? Thou hotly lust to use her in the kind for which thou whipst her. The user hangs the cousiner through tattered clothes. Small vices do appear. Ropes. Furred gowns, they hide all, a plate sin with gold, and the strong lance of justice, hurtless breaks. A million rags, <laughs> a pygmy's straw doth pierce it. Ah, none doth offend, none, I say, none. Take that of me, my friend who hath the power to seal the accuser's lips. (sighs) Get the glass eyes. Like a scurvy politician, seem to see the things thou dost not. Now, 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 pull off my boots. Harder, harder. And Gloucester is weeping. O oh, master and impertinency mixed. Reason in madness. Thou wilt weep my fortunes. Take mine eyes. I know thee well enough. Her name is Gloucester. But thou must be patient. We we came crying hither. Thou knowest the first time that we smell the air, we wall and cry. <laughs> I'll preach to thee, Mark. Alack. Alack the day. When we are born, we cry that we are come to this great stage of fools. Now, this is a good block. We're a delicate, you know, you know, it were it were a delicate stratagem to hew a troop of horses with felt. I'll put it to the proof. When I've stolen upon these sons-in-laws, 
and kill. 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 And there, and there we have it. Oh. There we have it. What an extraordinary word. Yeah. Wow. Wow. I was so engaged in your commitment to that. All right. I think that we're closing in on the end, aren't we? There we are. Hmm. Nothing to say, really. No. Those words are out there. Beautiful. Amazing. Thank you. And they float. They'll never end. They'll, they'll touch the end of the universe. My God, they're amazing. Yeah. Yeah, you're right. I don't want to. I mean, that goes to so many places, and I just don't want to talk about it. I, I, the images of love and hate, of desire and yielding, of, of, we're, there was such a balance and of, of ocean and air in what you were doing and what those words are, right? There's such an incredible opening to the mystery, you know? Yeah, and, yeah, yeah. And, it, and, you know, I think what Harold Bloom said, you know, is like, I think he's wrong. I mean, I think that if an actor, if a person, if an audience is willing to totally go into the unknown, you don't yeah. know where you're going. Lear doesn't know where he's going, right? Yeah. But he is not afraid, finally, of going into the unknown. And I think that's part of what this play is about. You know, we hang on to yeah. the yeah. known. We hang on to what we think is, 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 is the known. But actually, to finally, after all of this, discard the known and enter the unknown, above you, below you, around you there's a river there's a a kind of resonance yeah. yeah that is transported and you know i think that that possibly too this is maybe a bit pompous of me to say but that the trained actor the actor can't do it the uh, it, it's a it's a it's a very spiritual piece yes and um so often, if we employ our acting discipline yeah. to King Lear at this point, I think it actually gets in the way. Yeah, exactly. And I think that's probably what he was saying. That is what he was saying. I think you paraphrased him in a much better way. Probably he would have uh, preferred you. <laughs> I think he would, he would say, well, thank you. <laughs> that's what I was trying to say, Tom. <laughs> <laughs> okay, well, I'm sure he has an estate somewhere. Sumi, <laughs> well, in in whatever realm he's floating <laughs> in right now. Yeah. Anyway, let's not do that again. <laughs> <laughs>